As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Previously on Vikings. Take any questions you have. You know, just about the, the Cowboys, the fact they've come into U.S. Bank each of the last two years to beat you, and yeah. now I got another shot of them. Yeah, great football team. Um, you know, they've been in the playoffs several times the last several years, and uh, um, great challenge this week again. Another really good football team. Um, great football team. Um, you know, when you watch the tape, you see great football team, and uh, um, so um, another really good football team. Um, you know, have gotten the better of us, so we got our work cut out for us. Only thing I got to say is, how about them Cowboys? How about them Cowboys, indeed. One more Cowboys Sunday before the Thanksgiving game. As we got the Vikings coming off maybe the game of the century against the Bills. Can Dallas respond and hand the Vikings a loss? That's the topic of the day here on About Them Cowboys. Welcome in to the Athletic Podcast Network. I'm Kent, joined by a lot of people who are the best of the best at breaking down all things Dallas Cowboys. We've got a special guest from this episode. You know her from DallasCowboys.com. You know her popping up on the radio. You know her from just your life in general. It's Kelsey Charles. Welcome back, Kels. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me again. It's good to be back. I'm, I'm surprised you haven't, like, talked about me. You know me from just posting on my um, my little mini petting zoo. Like, that's really what I feel like I'm known for. <laughs> Like yelling in all caps and on Twitter on game days into the abyss. You've come up on the show multiple times, so we figured, you know, better get her back on here. So it's good to have you. We got sawed out in Florida covering the stars, but here's here with us. And of course, from The Athletic, Father John Mashoda and your host from The Freak, Kevin KT Turner. Hey, KT, what's up, man? Hello, Mr. Kent. Thanks for having me again. Oh, Let's yeah. rock and roll. Kelsey, good to see you again. I did your podcast last week. We're all friends. We're all friends. It's good to be back. Yeah, thank you. Uh, John, let's start with um, injury stuff. Do you think we're going to see the guy who Jerry says this team goes, we go as he goes? One, (laughs) Ezekiel Elliott, are we trending towards him playing this Sunday? Let's start there. Sounds like it. They had a walkthrough practice today, so don't read too much into that. And he was limited in that in that practice as was Anthony Barr and Anthony Brown. But uh, I think Zeke will end up going this week. I did say that last week though, and I was wrong about it. So take that for what it's worth. But I also uh, think that maybe they give him another week if they would have won in green Bay, but with them losing and playing a Minnesota team, that's playing very well. I don't, I don't see how you 
don't have Zeke out there at least for, you know, five to 10 carries. So, uh, but I will say the alarming one on, on the injury report is that Demarcus Lawrence didn't practice today because of a foot issue. And uh, it's just not good because Demarcus has had foot issues in the past, including a broken foot. So that's never great. Uh, but again, it was only a walkthrough. So we'll find out more uh, tomorrow. But uh, yeah, those are the most notable ones. Especially given the uh, focus on uh, run defense, right? I know McCarthy's had some even more comments since the loss on Sunday. Pass rushing is a privilege now, right? We're going to get this run defense fixed. Uh, well, maybe your best run defender uh, hurting. That's not great. And the Vikings have two pretty good running backs they can throw at you, and Dalvin Cook and Alexander Madison. So, you know, again, as we record this, let's be clear, it's Wednesday afternoon. So a lot can happen. Uh, just the midpoint of the week when we're recording this. So if you're getting to listen to this later in the week, we'll see. Uh, but that's not a that's not a good thing that I was looking for there. Um, where where are we at? <laughs> Doesn't John? help. <laughs> yeah. How far do you think we are from uh, Tyron getting back, John? You think we're probably waiting until after Thanksgiving and maybe get a long week back before Tyron can even be discussed? Yeah, I mean, we saw him doing some resistance court stuff last week, but that doesn't mean that he's going to play in the next few weeks. I think they'll err on the side of caution there. So sometime in December, but that was always kind of what they were planning the entire time. So I would think somewhere in there, uh, one other guy that is probably in that same category would be James Washington. You know, I felt like he would be back by now, considering that Ooh. that was yeah, uh, literally. That, Happened on the first day of back. Uh, padded he needs practice. to be here in general. He hasn't been here to begin with. <laughs> He'd be back. So I mean, we see him from time to time, and he'll be on the resistance cords. But doesn't sound like he's going to be returning in the next week. So that's another guy of note. So go get Odell Beckham. Sorry, go on. <laughs> but like, really, I feel like James Washington has contributed about as much as everyone thought he would, and he hasn't even been on the field. So like, is that even really an issue? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I guess it's just an issue because there's just not a lot of separation at wide receiver. They're just, I don't know, like they could use help from anybody. I think if you go back to the beginning of training camp, they were expecting more from James Washington. They were obviously affecting, expecting more from Jalen Tolbert. And again, so when you don't have those things, you can admit, hey, we thought it was going to be better than this. It's not. Let's go, go get Odell, Odell Beckham Jr. What about Antonio Callaway, though? Yeah, there's a guy. That'll fix it. What? Sorry. Yeah, when I saw Antonio Callaway, first of all, I immediately thought of okay, college. He was a pretty good college player. He had that one. You know, uh, he had a year in Cleveland where he was okay. But then you really dive in. And you look at it. And you go, oh my god, let's just bring Des back if we're going to do this. Like there's there has to be zero expectation of Antonio Callaway helping you, right? Yeah, I mean Mike McCarthy wasn't for certain what his injury was that he was coming back from. So I find it. Hard to believe that if this was a guy that they expected, oh, yeah, no, we'll set him on the practice <laughs> squad and eventually work him in the rotation. I don't think that he would even be in that category. Now, Tack McKinley, who they also signed to the practice squad, a guy that Dan Quinn knows very well, a guy that we've talked about over the years, a guy that worked out for them in Oxnard. That's kind of an interesting. But again, with any of those guys, they're practice squad and we're almost yeah. to Thanksgiving. There's just your expectations there can't be that great. Can I ask a question about wide receiver? Oh, no. Are we even talking about these names because they don't think Jalen Tolbert can line up on the proper line of scrimmage? Yeah, that's certainly a possibility. I mean, uh, to 
get that offsides call, and obviously they were able to overcome it, but that's just not good. And I think they were hoping they'd be able to ramp him up and give him more and more, and that just hasn't been the case. And so, yeah, I think that factors in. And then also the fact of let's get some other guys in here because what if we can't sign Odell because some other team just outbids us for him? Uh, so let's at least get some type of insurance here uh, with somebody else at the position. But to think that Antonio Callaway is going to come in here and fix some of their issues in the passing game, that's probably asking for too much. Are y'all surprised about Tolbert? I mean, I feel like that was one of those things where I d- didn't coach say a couple weeks ago, like they felt like they gave him you know too much too soon and they didn't want to rush him and, are you surprised with the trajectory of a, of a wide receiver like that? I feel like when you talk about the life cycle of, of those types of guys, they seem to have a faster start compared to other positions, right? Where like a running back kind of grows into their upside where a wide receiver has more of the initial impact. And are you concerned like about the fact that that seems to be an issue? Because again, like obviously this is a need for this team and it feels like they thought he was going to be an answer. And now we're like throwing out, random names that would have never been considered just a few weeks ago when we thought this guy could be an answer. Yeah, it's very alarming. I mean, just from a Cowboys standpoint, I think I went back, I don't have all the names in front of me, but you have to go back to the nineties to find the last time that they didn't get any immediate production in year one from a wide receiver they drafted in the first three rounds. I mean, there's, I mean, just the most recent would be Terrence Williams and Michael Gallup, you know, but then obviously, you know, that's the third round guys, but you know, and then you had Dez and, CD lamb and things like that. But no, there, there's no question. They expected way more from a receiver. You take in the third round and it's not a receiver. You took in the third round with having Amari Cooper on the roster to where you're like, no, we already got three. We already got a great trio. This is kind of a red shirt year for this kid. No, right. they needed something from him this year and they're not getting it. And so again, another reason why, um, you know, you have to go get Odell. I don't understand this. I Kelsey, you probably know. I got one of these like, whatever lights look how bright this thing lights. is you yeah, look what great. is this thing it's so bright like what is You're this thing doing flawless like i'm actually oh, like over here thanks. i'm about to turn mine on because like i'm feeling a little like i'm it's way too bright i feel like i'm looking into the sun sorry go on <laughs> what is odell waiting on i saw he's waiting on a play the playoffs to maybe be a little bit closer see how that shakes yeah. out so with philly losing what does the playoff picture look like and how long are we going to have to wait before it's clear enough for him to make a decision? Well, I mean, I don't think he's completely healthy yet. You know, if he, if he was healthy enough to start playing in games right now, he'd already be on a team. So there's that. And then why not wait a little bit to get even healthier and then see a little bit more, a couple more weeks of how this picture plays out so that he doesn't wind up signing with a team that when he's ready to play, they're already kind of out of the playoff picture, you know? So, I think that's that's a factor. And then there's also with him, if he's not ready to go absolutely right now, why not wait? All the leverage is in your hands. There's there's teams that are obviously going to want you. He's not in a position where he's like, well, if I don't sign with one, then maybe I'll get to a point where we're we're getting close to, you know, first or second week of December. Nobody wants me. No, someone's going to want him and someone's going to give him a, a good money. And I mean, a team that's in the playoff picture that he wants. And so uh, I would say that probably the biggest holdup just with the Cowboys is, I don't see the Cowboys giving him like a three-year deal. I could see another team potentially doing that. You know, I could see the Cowboys maybe giving him the rest of this season and then next year. The Cowboys yeah. want – one of the reasons they didn't do much in free agency is that they want to make sure that there's enough money there to re-sign CeeDee Lamb, Trayvon Diggs, Micah Parsons down the line. They're not going to give – they will not be the highest bidder on Odell Beckham if if it's – we're talking about the number of years. 
Because I could see there being a team that will give him like a three-year deal. I just don't see the Cowboys doing that. So the Cowboys could be talking with him as well about, hey, let's do it this way. And then we'll go from there. You know, we want you here and all this stuff. And maybe he's interested enough to take that over something from someone else. But, you know, I've said this many a times. Let's not act like the Cowboys. You know, I mean, this isn't the 90s. The Cowboys don't outbid teams anymore. They didn't outbid the Broncos for Randy Gregory. They didn't outbid Washington for Amari Cooper. So um, there could be other teams that are in there where maybe maybe Odell's coming back to them and saying, hey, you know, Buffalo's offering me this or, you know, Miami or Kansas City's offering me this. Can you guys, I want to be with you, Dallas, but can you match this? And them being like, ah, I don't know if we want to do all of that, but we can do this, you know. So there could be a lot of moving pieces here, but I don't believe he's 100% back football shape, ready to go play this Sunday. Uh, but the closer it gets to that, I think that's when you'll see him make a decision. So maybe in the next two weeks. I think it's so interesting, though, too, because it reminds me of when Dez did this himself. And, you know, I feel like he kind of, overestimated what his demand would be. I think granted OBJ is in a different place in his career and still able to produce and obviously went and got himself some hardware. But at the same time, I'd be interested to see like what kind of market is interested in him. Like when it comes to when push comes to shove, I think it's interesting too. You mentioned the not in football shape as well, because listen, like we are getting to the point where I, I wonder how long it would take him to get into that football shape and be, you know, if he's going to wait until he sees who's going to make the playoffs, like you kind of now would be the time, like you said, like two weeks. And then you really start to need to get serious about like where you're going to end up because it's going to start to matter. And these teams are going to want you to be able to come in and make an impact like pretty mm-hmm. immediately. Yeah. It also, I think it also makes a difference what kind of system he comes into as well. So, you know, for him, you know, the, what, what the demands are of the offense, what's expected of them. And that's where I think Dallas is kind of, you know, in a good spot where he can kind of come in and he's got two, three guys, two guys that are, that are already in a decent spot. And then, you know, basically he'd be a, he'd be a role player. Like he, and, and that sounds weird because of how talented he is and everything, but he would have a designated role on this team um, for what kind of things he needs to do. He doesn't need to go out there and kind of, um, you know, in in the case of like the chargers, for example, of Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, who are both expected to be back, but if like you know, um, if they do come, if they're not back, then he's kind of expected to shoulder everything in in that situation. And I don't think yes. that would be the case in Dallas. Sad. Where are you at? I'm in I'm in my hotel room. <laughs> I just I just don't have many hotel rooms that that have like a ceiling fan. That's the only reason he's why in I'm Florida. It's I understand. In Florida. I understand he's in Florida, but I just don't have many. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Probably no AC and just the ceiling fan. So it's, it's I'm just extra, I was I was looking at it thinking like I can't remember the last hotel room I had that had a ceiling fan. <laughs> uh, this reminded me of a of a topic I was talking about with my buddies the other day. Are you guys disappointed uh, with CD? I'm not at all. I mean, I, I I think all that stuff needs to the miscommunication stuff needs to stop happening. Um, mm-hmm. But there's just there's too much good that he's done. It's going to take one game that you don't play perfectly to get you beat in the playoffs. That's how that's going to be. That's what happened the other day. I mean, those two things aren't the reason you lost the game. They are a big part of it. But those two things are not what lost you the game the other day. So, I mean, yeah, I I think it's just more – I think there's less on him too if, like, someone else is helping. He's had to shoulder a lot of the load on offense, you know, in the passing game. So, I'm I'm not disappointed. I you just, you know, we are going to get to a point where we start, 
asking questions like, is it just always going to be a couple guys who are not fully on the same page? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I think Kent, to, to answer your question, you have to you have to kind of you know explain what your expectations were, right? Because I mean, if you if you were expecting him to be in the Justin Jefferson tier, like then yeah, he's been a disappointment. But remember, we did we did our tiers at the beginning of the season, and we and we pegged him down one tier just because, uh, and and didn't put him in that very top tier because he hasn't proven to be that guy. And I and and that and that is not anything with his talent or skill set. For me, all that comes down to is consistency. I think he can do basically anything that most uh, top-level t- receivers can do in the league. I just don't think he does it consistently as, as you know a Justin Jefferson or guys guys of that tier do it. So um, whether it's miscommunication or drop balls, I think those are both things that are kind of you know uh, things that you have to wait and see with CD. And and you know I think having Amari Cooper here helped him a lot. But, uh, but before I, but I'm not, I'm not disappointed because I didn't expect him to be that, uh, un, uh, unwavering number one guy. I expected him to be exactly what he is right now. See, I think a lot of people did. And I think that is a great point, Saad, which is what I was going to counter with as well. Like, are the expectations, were they a fair? And is it kind of a, a symptom of playing under the, under the Cowboys star and also furthermore, getting labeled with that 88. Like we all remember when Jerry was like, no, you're wearing this number. And like Cowboys fans and just Cowboys in general, there's a whole nother element to outside of just football. We've all talked about it again and again and again. And like, I just feel like that's something that you're seeing with TD lamb. Personally, if you want to talk about the production of some of the number one receivers and again, the expectations that come with, Comparing him to some of the Cowboys greats in terms of skill players, yeah, he's going to fall beneath that. I do feel like he could be doing a little bit better in terms of, like you said, consistency. I would love to see more from him. I would love for him to be, I think, off the defense's game plan against him because he is like one of the main threats. But I don't think that he terrifies opposing defenses where you feel like, He's just this factor that you absolutely have to prioritize in terms of shutting down. I just feel like he's a strong component. And I also don't know if you guys feel like maybe he hasn't had the opportunity to shine as much because he hasn't had another complimentary player that really has, you know, been someone who has had to take away other defenses in terms of, you know, them game planning against them too, where it's been more than just him they've game planned against. I don't know, but to me personally, I feel like I would have hoped for a little bit more from him, and I think that a lot of Cowboys fans would have too. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't put him there with you know Tyreek Hill or Jefferson or Stefan Diggs or Cup or Devontae Adams, and he's probably right there after that. So, I mean, he's, I think he's still a top 10 receiver. I think before the season started, we had him like 10 to 15 in there. He's probably still in that category. Um but I wouldn't put him with those top guys. I thought it was funny today because J. Ron Curse was asked about who's the best receiver in the league. And he said Justin Jefferson and went on, you know, describing what it is. And when we left the locker room, uh, some of the reporters were talking about like, oh, I wonder how CD is going to take that. I'm just like, well, CD can't possibly think that he's in that same category. And if he does, well, then that's his that's his own thing. Because I thought the best part of what J. Ron said is he and it kind of goes what you said earlier, Sad, is that he goes, he gets open against everybody. 
He plays good against every opponent. Every top corner you put in front of him, he's going out and he's making plays, winning his individual matchup. The tape doesn't lie. And it's true. And so, yeah. uh, I mean, I'm, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think there's anything wrong with him being, let's say, somewhere between, you know, six or seven and like 12 or 13 in the league. Um, I think that that's, you want that guy in your team. The Cowboys should never want him to leave and walk out the door. But if we get to a point and this is kind of the same exact way, you also don't go out and make him the highest paid receiver in the NFL. See, this is this is weird because I I did the thing where you get to middle of October and it's like, you know what? I'm not going to mention Amari Cooper anymore. And even <laughs> you see it in my, my tweet mentioned, stop bringing it up, stop bringing it up. Well, then you lose a game and then everyone's like, well, the Amari Cooper thing. I'm like, exactly. That's the big problem is most teams don't have two great cornerbacks. And... It's not like they, you know, teams follow CD Lamb around because he's in motion so much and he's out of the slot sometimes. He's a very difficult guy to follow, anyways. But when Michael Gallup's not giving you anything and doesn't look like, you know, the Michael Gallup that we all know and love, and then you have no one after that, well, then it's very difficult. And then you're really relying on guys like Peyton Hendershot to catch the ball every now and then. And that's where the the world gets a little murky in Cowboys land. So that's that's the problem, and that's why we're here. Honestly, it sounds crazy to say needing Odell Beckham, and it really hits home when you're not, you know, when you're high five and you're on a good run and you're six and two, it, everything feels all hunky dory, and then you lose a game that you should have won against a team that you probably thought you were better than. Then you start really asking your problems, and then you start taking some of that rage towards the front office for doing what they did with Amari Cooper and looking back. Again, as a guy who's in the boat of, I don't want to talk about Amari Cooper anymore. That's in the past. God dang it. It would be yeah. so nice to have Amari Cooper right now. It, it would, but then, and then the sucks, other part, you know? there's a little bit of hindsight to that with that because sure. of the fact that them keeping or them letting go of Amari, they're going to tell you is – then open the door so they can give franchise tag to Schultz and to re-sign Michael Gallup. And Gallup was coming off the knee injury. Schultz sure. obviously is dealing with it with a knee injury. And so they're not a hundred percent. If both those guys were a hundred percent, you know, you wouldn't have as much of an issue, I think, in the passing game. At least I don't believe you would. And so with both of those guys who you did you basically gave Amari's money to, you know, banged up. It makes it look even worse, but I'm obviously with you. I think that they should have done whatever yeah. they could to keep Amari Cooper. Okay, okay. Schultz, Ceedee Lamb, Odell Beckham. We're all in the same realm here. Let's stay here for a second. There's been a lot of conversation in the league about turf and grass. Okay, Dalton Schultz obviously had some comments. Um, he's the Cowboys NFLPA players representative, so maybe that's why he had some comments too. But definitely, that was a problem. Does that prohibit or? marginalize their chances of getting Odell Beckham at all. The fact that he is coming off of a torn ACL on turf famously in the Super Bowl. Uh, I mean, I don't know. It, I mean, it does seem like the Cowboys could be a favorite, but who knows, man, he might be thinking about signing with a team who plays on grass primarily. I'm just, I'm throwing that yeah. out there. Just, I think there's, there's a little bit of a, 
branch to yeah, this conversation. But, but, but then at the same time, that still eliminates Buffalo and Green Bay because I'm sorry, I've never torn my ACL, but I find it very hard to believe that you would rather play on grass in, I don't know, seven degrees and snow. Like, does that make a lot of sense? Like, is that really good yeah. for your knee? You think that is yeah. warms up, you know, you just go over to the heater on the sideline. You're just ready yeah. to roll off of that. Doesn't seem like that's where I'd want to be playing either. So yeah, maybe that helps like a Miami come out of nowhere or a, or a, uh, yeah, or Tampa Bay or maybe a Kansas City or something like that, even though it gets cold there too. But the whole New York, Buffalo, Green Bay, none of that seems interesting to me. But I would, I, I laugh about this because um, I feel especially equipped to discuss this since I was living with an equipment manager for four years. <laughs> and I remember, you know, with going to London, like all of the different cleats that they had to pack because you had to deal with different turf and, I just, I guess for me, they, with, when they play on grass, they bring so many different kinds of cleats. Even when they play on turf, they have options for them. I just can't imagine that this far in his career, that that could truly be like that much of a determining factor for where he ends up playing. Because again, if you do that, you limit yourself longevity wise, in my opinion, on where you can end up because who really has that consistency? I mean, no one is planning their schedule around the field. Like they're just not. And I just, yeah. I can't imagine that in 2023 and 2022, like that's going to be that big of an issue. Like surely we're not, I, I can't imagine that. I just can't imagine that. Yeah. I think, I think if I'm Odell, like I'm looking, is it a playoff team and who's the quarterback? Like yeah. for me, like those are the two things that I'm I'm looking at and I'm rolling with it. It is funny, you know, Odell Beckham, a guy who famously, you know, he had his, he has a big birthday party every year, and the Kardashians go to it, and Justin Bieber goes to it. Mr. Hanky. Yeah, I think he would rather play with Tom Brady's, Dak Prescott's, Pat Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers', yeah. Daniel Jones. No, get the Giants off my odds sheet, Vegas. He ain't going to the Giants. And no. by the way, the Giants aren't good, so let's keep that going. Yeah, that, that um, one didn't make sense. Like those, it's like yeah, He's not going to play for any of those teams. What about a team... Who uh, we play this week? What about Minnesota? Oh, I would cry. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
I don't know how you, how you guys feel. Uh, John, I know you were up at Lambeau, so I know it's tough to, uh, you know, that was the game of the year. It messed around and became the game of the year because of Josh Allen decided to throw it to the chest of a Vikings defender in the end zone, and a lot of weird stuff happened in that game. The Vikings did everything they could do to get blown out by 20 and still somehow won, and I think you have to give them their credit for that. I view the Vikings the same way I view the Eagles. Highly beatable. Just so beatable, and because there's not a lot of great teams this year, Eight and one looks pretty good, and it is good. And you deserve to be, I don't know if you deserve to be talked about as a favorite, one of the favorites. I think they're so beatable, dude. I I just, I can't. I'm not there yet. Where are you at? I think, well, I mean, yeah, I think they're beatable, but I think you have to play a really good game, maybe your best game of the year. And we just haven't seen them play that way lately, you know? They didn't play their best game against the Packers. The Lions and Bears, those were those their best games. I mean, those reminded me of games at the end of the season last year where they put up big numbers, and then when they play a good team, it went back to being like, ooh, I don't know, I don't know if I trust this team, you know. And so, um, I certainly think that they can beat the Vikings. Uh, they beat them last year uh, with Cooper Rush in in a situation where that was kind of a last minute that he wasn't going to play, and that was on Sunday Night Football, and a lot of the same characters outside of Hawkinson. Uh, being added there are are here again this year. So, uh, yeah, they can beat them, but they're going to have to play really well. Like, you're not going to come out of that game going, yeah, man, Cousins just sucked and threw four interceptions and just was just awful, and so they lost that game. He could do that, and they'll still be in that game because that's a that's a loaded offense. So, uh, you know, play play like you did against the Packers, and they'll lose this game again. But be locked in on defense, uh, you know, do something to contain the run, and yeah, you can you can obviously win this game. I mean, they're I think like a one one and a half point favorite for a reason, but they can't just show up like they did against the Lions or the Bears or 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 uh, start throwing back to back interceptions in the second quarter and just think that they're just going to back into a win because you know they're the loaded Dallas Cowboys. You know they're going to have to play really well. Yeah, and, and I think I think also. John, you said you brought up last year. I think last year was advantage Cowboys because it was in prime time, and as Kirk Cousins, you know, can't play in prime time. Um, but I, I think the other the other thing is that, I, like, you know, you talk about why this team is so good, and and for me, it's not because they're like some. I agree with you, KTA. It's not because they're a locomotive, and but they have so many playmakers. Like you can talk about the play of the or the game of the year and all that stuff, but. And we're talking about Odell Beckham, like that Justin Jefferson catch was was one of the what was I don't know if that was better. I, I, think, I think it was, was better than Odell. He took it away I from the defender. I think it was better than yeah. Odell's. Like that was that was ridiculous. And they have a they have guys like that spread throughout their entire team. So I don't think it's like as a unit they're just that dominant. Like uh, that that you can't stop them. But man, they have a lot of playmakers. Yeah, I feel like honestly, it's something where you mentioned Saad consistency when it comes to like CD Lamb. Consistency in general with this team has been frustrating. You look at them, and there's all the reason in the world. I mean, KT, I've heard you on multiple podcasts, even just last week, and then coming on mine. They have all the reason in the world to win, and they don't. And it's like it's 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 
they are good enough. And it's kind of been a theme for this Cowboys team in general. I feel like last couple of years, it's, you you know, every, every fan base or every Cowboys fan base every single year is like, Oh, we're going to, we have a chance to win it. Like, right. Like we should be able to like, on paper, there's no reason why we can't do it. And, and yeah, like I'm, I'm concerned. Like I'm worried about if this team is mentally able to go into this game and recover from last week about what happened. And then also just in general, be consistent enough to show up and play their game because it just feels like, I don't know, I'm struggling to figure out their identity and if it was really that much of a fluke this past week. And then there's also that element of you got a guy in in Christian Watson who doesn't really do much all year long and then goes and catches three touchdowns and you're just left there scratching your head. And it's not like he did did it against one defensive back your safeties didn't look great and help either. And then now you're going to go get Thielen and Jefferson and, and you're going to be fine. Like, I don't know. They're just there. I look at that, that receiving core in green Bay and it does nothing that would make you think that it would scare this secondary. And they did. There's something to this weird thing that you can't really measure though. Like the Packers, maybe they win that game against Detroit and maybe they're playing a little different. That was the Packers on their final lifeline right there. Or at least it felt that way. So now you kind of have Cowboys coming off embarrassing loss, Vikings coming off just an outrageous win, you know, that probably seemed improbable at the time. So you kind of combine those things and maybe you have have a little action there. You know, one thing that's interesting is the Vikings are first in the league in first quarter scoring, right? So they're going after, uh, you know, they're scoring on their opening drives. I think they have 42 points in their opening drives this year. So first in the league there. But I think when I've seen them, and I've seen them closely uh, one time, like watched a whole like full game, locked in on them one time, and then just kind of seeing them throughout the, the course of the season, I remember they, they looked pretty bad against the Eagles. They are trying, like it, it's not, they're trying to hit on explosive plays. And I don't know if that's a new Kevin O'Connell thing here, because, you know, they were kind of, is with all the weapons, we were, we kept asking all these questions like, why aren't the Vikings more explosive, even the last couple of years? And now they're trying to be that way. The problem is, I think they've run into this weird world where they hit these lulls in games where they just stop scoring, and I guess that can kind of happen to anyone a little bit. So the, the way it's been trending for them is score early, and defense kind of holds on to games for them in the end. But they've had a weird ride, and they have looked just as uh, unimpressive at times as they have looked impressive. And I know the record makes it look good. I mean, go watch that game against Washington where they were messing around with Heineke. And I'm not a Heineke fan, so, you know, whatever everyone wants to think is going on in Washington, enjoy your 5-5. Five and five. Go watch that game. You're going to see a bad Vikings team, you know? So they're going to be at home. That place is going to be rocking. It's the game of the week. It's a Romo game. All right. That's going to be a big deal. Oh, right? I didn't but even I factor that in. Jeez. Okay. <laughs> let me change my pick. Um, but hey, the everything you just said, CBS. that's everything you just said is exactly what happened last year. Like the Vikings weren't playing as well as the team, but there was no bigger game that they were playing at home last year than Sunday night football on Halloween. And that very first drive, seven plays, 75 yards, three minutes, boom, 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 right down the field. Just like, oh, Jesus, like this is this is going to be a nightmare because how are the Cowboys going to keep up with this with Cooper rush playing at quarterback Cowboys get the ball, their possession miss field goal Vikings get the ball back. You think they're just going to pour it on four and out. Oh, so now this is where the Cowboys take over interception. 
Like, I mean, everything was there for the Vikings to just blow the doors off of the Cowboys. And again, I mean, like Sad brought it up, obviously Kirk Cousins isn't great in prime time, but with all their weapons, there is still something there that leaves you scratching your head sometimes where you're like, how come this offense isn't better? And then again, like I said, they added Hawkinson at the trade deadline, which they didn't have last year. And that's, that's certainly an upgrade at tight end. So. I've seen uh, Vikings people chirping online that they're they're mad that the Cowboys are favorites, which you know Vegas yeah. has its way, right? Yeah, but it does seem odd that the six and three Cowboys would go into Minnesota to the eight one Vikings and be the favorites. I don't know. And then you know the other thing too is like we got to tackle the running back here. I think that might be the <laughs> thing that I, it's my big takeaway from from Sunday was McCarthy going. They're going to run at us. So, oh, yeah, we know that. I don't know if they're going to do that. I don't know how Kevin O'Connell gets down as uh, one of the new top five hot head coaches in the NFL. Literally, very attractive, <laughs> handsome guy. Mm. Are they just going to run it? Are they going to try to do what Green Bay did and run it 40 times and throw it 20 times? I don't I don't know. Yeah, well, they should. And they should yeah. also continue to run to the perimeter. It's not like that was something new that Green Bay did. Teams have been doing it against the Cowboys all season long. You know, they've had success running running to the outside, and that's exactly what the Vikings should do and make the Cowboys stop it. And when they stop it, then you can adjust and do something else. But why would you stop doing that when it's worked all with all these other teams and clearly the Cowboys have talent on defense, they have an outstanding defensive coordinator, it just leaves you scratching your head that it, that part hasn't been fixed. And I just, I, I would, I'll really be scratching my head if the Vikings don't try and do the exact same thing. This clearly teams are having success doing this. Why is that so difficult? It feels like this has been something that has just been identified. And again, like we've touted Dan Quinn, like in the, obviously for rightfully so. Right. But it just feels like it's like they genuinely cannot crack this nut. And I cannot figure out why, like, it doesn't seem like rocket science. And yet over and over, like you want to talk about a blueprint, like you just said, John, like this seems to be it. Like it's kind of becoming embarrassing at this point. Like it, it just is like, how is that even a thing, especially with a defensive unit of this caliber? Like you would just assume that they would be able to at least be like decent. Yeah. There's part of me that thinks that since Dak's come back, that the defense is kind of maybe taking their foot off the gas a little bit thinking, all right, we don't have to be quite as, you know, when Cooper rush your quarterback, it's like, we have to play our best game just for us to have a chance to win. And you just look at the way that they've played, like even when they've won since Dak's been back against Detroit and against Chicago, those just aren't very good teams. So you can get away with mistakes in those games. You can let them run for 200 yards and still win those games. And there's probably part of them that thought, hey, this Packers team is not very good. They just lost five in a row. They looked awful. What are they watching? They're watching tape of the Lions game. That How did they just lose to the, you know, in this awful game? And so there's part of me that thinks that they weren't completely locked in and they won't admit that. But they will be for this game. They have to be, or they'll get embarrassed in Minnesota. And so it'll be interesting to see how they kind of respond to this because they're playing a good team, a team with a better record than them in their building. They run. They have a, a running back that can run all over them if they allow it. If you don't see an improvement, I'm not saying they're going to hold them to like 90 yards, but if you don't see an improvement in that run defense, that is so alarming. Yeah, and, and to Kelsey's point real quick, I, I think – the one thing that I've heard at every level of football that I've, you know, whether covered, played, whatever, 
um, has always been like defense run stopping and pass rushing is two very different things because, and, and I think, and, and when I say that, I mean, uh, I think it was John, was it Micah or someone said that they need to stop being like heroes or whatever. Um, yeah, it was Micah. And, yeah, and and see that's the thing in pass rushing you can do that. You just got to win your one-on-one outside edge matchup and like Micah can go just dominate the guy. But I think in run defense it's a lot more collaborative. Remember after they acquired Jonathan Hankins, we talked about kind of how like, you know, defensive tackles have to fill the gaps so linebackers can fill and and all this different chemistry stuff that kind of goes on. And you know, maybe I'm reading too much into it, but I do think that there's some element of more cohesion and scheme than just, hey, Demarcus Lawrence and Micah Parsons are just two badasses who can just tee off and go get the quarterback, and now your defense looks great, whereas, you know, you need to fill the A gap here, the B gap here, and the linebacker needs to close, and you need to set the edge here, and there's just so much more that goes on with run defense that you really can't play hero ball, and I think Micah was on point with that. We need a golden cock, KT. Yes. Shout out to the great Nick Hayden and what he brought this beautiful organization. Yeah. Can I um uh, just remember, remember all those parades? Just one thing to put in your brain: there will be one play in the game where they hand it off to CJ Ham on third niches, and he gets a first down, and you're going to be just so mad because Ham got a first down. That happens at least once every time the Vikings play. Got Is there anything to? Yeah, I know it. It's <laughs> so frustrating when they have the other two guys. Um. Is there anything – look, again, very few cornerbacks follow wide receivers anymore, right? Uh, Patrick Peterson, who the Vikings have, is one of those who used to do that in his heyday. Is this uh, any little added pressure on Trayvon Diggs, though? Just because it is a fun marquee matchup type of thing. Yeah, I mean, I'd like to see that. I don't know that Dan Quinn necessarily wants to do that, but – uh, it would make sense because you want to put, you know, your best playmaker on their best playmaker and see what happens, you know, and if he gets burned a couple times, so be it. Maybe he gets a pick uh, and at least gives Kirk Cousins something to think about. Make him want to go to Adam Thielen, you know, 10, 15 times. Adam Thielen's still a good player, but you, you clearly would want that over just throwing it up to Jordan Jefferson all the time and allowing him to make plays. And you don't want Jordan Jefferson having the game that Christian Justin. Watson had. Oh, yeah, Justin Jefferson. Sorry. I you thought you said George at. Jefferson, and I was freaking out for a minute. <laughs> no, I've been saying <laughs> George Jefferson. I've been saying Jordan. Uh, the, um, but, yeah, you don't, want, you don't want him to have the game that Christian Watson had. You know, that's over if that happens. That Christian Watson thing is so weird. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Is that weirder than that dude that you got at – I shouldn't say you, but you are you are a owner of the Packers. So oh, yeah, I scout safety, the guys. Yeah. When I go back and I look, I'm like, oh, you know, two picks in like five minutes. He must have like, you know, he's been playing since 2017. He's probably got like eight to ten picks in his career at least. That was his second and third picks oh, of his career, and he's been playing since 2017. That's the most ridiculous thing I think I've ever seen. He had I've them both in like five minutes. I'd never heard <laughs> that, of the guy. That, also, that, that, that was a great moment on the podcast too. Um, after the game. I'm the owner of the Packers. Never heard of, never yeah. heard of him. But yeah. but. <laughs> but but you know KT to your point I think Dan Quinn I think is, is the big wild card here remember he had Richard Sherman in Seattle um and, and didn't really do all that you know matching up and all that kind of stuff and that was Richard Sherman in his prime so you know I think Dan Quinn but I I do think that of the different receivers that you can follow around I, again I think Justin Jefferson is maybe the best receiver in the NFL but I think 
Trayvon Diggs from a matchup standpoint is is not totally off off his game here because Jefferson plays more of a vertical go up go get it type thing and and Trayvon Diggs is good with that uh, if this was like for example Amari Cooper I think he would double up Trayvon Diggs and leave him in the dust in a second um but I think Trayvon can can maybe hang with Jefferson a little bit more just not not because he, Jefferson's not as good I think it's just a matchup thing yeah, that feels like a high risk, high reward matchup on yeah. both sides. You yeah. know, where we, you talk about this with Trayvon, like people will come for come for blood with him whenever he gets burned. That's just kind of his style of play. You know, he's very aggressive and it pays off every once in a while for sure in a big way. We've seen it firsthand, but then it can also like really hurt and you end up on the wrong end of a highlight reel. So definitely one to watch for sure. But I think it's a good thing to have perspective going into this weekend when it comes to those two players. All right, here we go. Time for picks. We good with picks here? Everyone excited about picks? We have Kent. Well, let's let our guest picker, Kelsey, go first. I think that's only fair that we let Kelsey go, and Kelsey will put on her cowboy's head like Lee Corso does. (laughs) Put on the rowdy head. No, I don't think I'm going to. I'm telling you guys. Typically, I am very pro-Cowboys. I am, like, buying what they're selling. I don't know if it's because I haven't been in the building as much this season. Like, I've been pretty busy with work. But, like, I'm feeling kind of negative Nancy this year. Like, I really have been down on this team. And the fact that they just came off of a very winnable game and they're going against a a pretty competent team, I think – I don't know. Like, I'm – I think Kirk Cousins is going to do some things and – I might have to pick the Vikings. Like, I don't like doing it, like, for the record. But I think I'm going to pick the Vikings. And also, like, maybe my logic can be that if I pick them, they'll make me eat my own words, which I'm totally fine with, too, as someone who, like, listen, let's face it, like, I do cheer for the Cowboys. So, you know, I'll eat crow. Are you recording me, John, right now? No, I was just going to say that, like, she went from that rowdy head and she went with that Ragnar. (laughs) That Ragnar (laughs) head. I used to, if you guys remember, like, not that you would remember, but I used to have a Vikings helmet on in my Twitter profile for, like, Yes, I remember that. Yeah, I remember that. So, like, this wouldn't be that far off, y'all. There you go. Give me the Vikings. I'm sorry. Yeah, I don't don't trust this team at all now, but I also, you know, picked them to beat the Packers by 28 points last week. So, I'm still (laughs) reeling from that, trying to figure out. Probably should have. Where I stand. Jeez. Uh, But, Kent, I got you at four and five on the year. So, uh, tough. need you to come back here. Let's see who we got. This is a little different. Last week, we all picked the Cowboys. So, here we go, Kent. What do you got for us? This is tough. I'm going to go Minnesota by one point. And Jalen Rager comes up big for the Vikings. Oh, come on. Bold Obviously. <laughs> Obviously. All right. Kevontae Turpin, touchdown for the Cowboys to even it out. There you go. Oh, boy. Well, I thought we were going there. We didn't have time to talk about it in the uh, the Sunday night post game, real quick. I thought we were prime for a Turpin thing. In fact, I was could have been more wrong about anything last week. I guess because I tweeted out, it feels like it's about to be time for Turpin to do something crazy, right, or something like it's he's about to take over the game or something. And then uh, he almost uh, he almost committed the worst special teams mistake anyone could have ever ever make. <laughs> Least valuable player last week. A uh, hinder shot. Not a great, not a great outing. 
You know what I, what I don't. I, love I don't think. Turpin? I don't think Malik Hooker played very well either. No, no. no. no but you know what I love about Turpin when that happened, and it was a touchback, and ended up being fine. When he was talking to McCarthy about it on TV, on the TV copy, McCarthy's just asking what happened, and Turpin's being accountable, and he's like, "That yeah. was my fault." And I was like, yeah. "That's refreshing to see with this yeah. team." There we go. Yeah, uh, stacking little victories at this point. That's sad. Of of twenty one twenty, I'll take. When uh, Dan Quinn was talking about the defense on Monday, the only two players that he pointed out that he thought played really well were Demarcus Lawrence and Donovan Wilson. I thought that was interesting. Yeah. Dang. Um, Saad, I got you at five and four on the year. What do we got? Give me the Vikings. And I think it'll, they'll, I don't think they're going to blow out the Cowboys, but I think it'll be a multi score win. So I'm going to go give me the Vikings 31 to 20. Oh, wow. Oh, I'll just say twenty four twenty one. By the way, how's that? Oh, my bad. No, this is uh this is interesting. Okay, John, me and you are six and three, kind of lead dogs here. My, I've totally, I've it? totally changed my pick in in the last five minutes. So go on. Why? No. No. Yeah. <laughs> oh, what? Go on. Oh, so I, I got idea. Yeah, you you typically end it, but until I pass you. No, go ahead. Go, go. You're changing your pick, huh? <laughs> yeah, I've already. Yeah. Go on. Okay, fine. I'll put down what I wrote down because if you were going to do this, was I was going to change mine too. <laughs> <laughs> Vikings 24 23. Yes, yes. Yeah, no, definitely. I'm taking the Cowboys now. Um, Gosh, anytime so when everybody base. goes in one. Yeah, whenever, anytime everybody goes in one direction, especially when it's not like. There's a significant difference between these two teams. I'm all about, yeah, give me give me the Cowboys uh, 23-17. Now you're just pandering. Yeah. Yeah. I was all, oh my God, if you guys would let me go first, I was taking Vikings all day long, but now <laughs> you guys are all going Vikings. Yeah, let's let's go. Oh, the About I mean, the Cowboys podcast all turned on the Cowboys. Yeah. That's how no, it no. after a loss. Everyone would have been mad at us uh, we all picked the Vikings. Part, there's part of me that Wait. still remembers that Kirk Cousins is going to be out there, so. We'll see. Wait, what's John's record on the season? Six and three. Oh, damn. Yeah, John's the homer. It's like he's the beat reporter. He's like the beat reporter. It's like he's a beat reporter or something. Yeah. What? I'm six and three, too, though. So, man, I will say. uh, You're uh, just freaky. One thing I was going to add, though, man. After the game, by far the most upset I've ever seen Mike McCarthy. And today. That's the most down I've seen him like on a Wednesday because usually Wednesday is when, you know, you're like, all right, we moved on to the next opponent or whatever. And he just was not. You can tell this one, this one stings mm. to him, not just because of obviously him going back to Green Bay, wanted to win because of that. Yeah. But the style that they lost in, it'd be one thing if they just laid an egg and he was just like, hey, the guys weren't ready. But it's the fact that they were way, way healthier than the Packers. The Packers are coming off a five game losing streak and they're coming off their bye. Uh, the Cowboys have been outstanding coming off their bye since they drafted Dak Prescott. McCarthy's history, he's been outstanding off the bye. I think it was 11 and 4. Uh, Dak and, and Zeke and those guys, 5 and 1 coming off the bye. This one, this one stings. So uh, you don't want this to start, you know, going in the wrong direction because then all of a sudden, four days later, you're playing the Giants, who, yeah, we all don't think that they're as good as their record, but they're still capable of beating you. And again, another team, good running back. I mean, if they don't write the ship, this thing could this thing could spiral out pretty quickly to where you're just like, whoa, where, what happened here? Where, where did this thing go off the tracks? Things of nightmares. Please no. 
And then also, here's the other thing is that, you know, everybody, and we've talked about it plenty of times in this podcast, you know, oh, they don't make the playoffs, they're going to get rid of Mike McCarthy. You know, Dan Quinn's a good possibility of somebody that they could potentially move to that spot. You move Dan Quinn to that spot if the reason that they fell out of it is because they couldn't fix the run defense. Like, all of a sudden, that that's going to be the answer. So, yeah. I'm obviously I'm looking far down the line, but I don't work or play for the Cowboys, so I don't I don't have to be reserved. I'm just telling you from my perspective of covering sports, this thing starts getting out of line. You start looking, you're like, whoa, this. I mean, sure. as great as everything looked the last few weeks, it could get really out of whack if they don't right the ship over these next next few weeks. Because let's be honest, we never thought the NFC East was going to be this good as a whole. You thought, hey, win nine, ten games, even if you don't win the division, you'll still get in the playoffs. You can maybe make some noise there. Well, if this thing starts going in that wrong direction, who knows? Maybe you don't make the playoffs. And if you don't make the playoffs, then there there would be a lot of changes. Yeah, that's definitely going to be one that we circle and remember. This is and, a big game. This is a really big yeah, game. Yeah, this is. It really is. Um, and that's why it got the Romo treatment, John. Um, oh, of course. We'll, let's throw it over uh, to our producer, Kent Garrison, now as we prepare to close out the podcast. Soon. I wanted to ask Kelsey before we got out of here, um, are you moving to Seattle? Are you a Seattle fan now because of <laughs> Danuch? Danuch! <laughs> now the quarterback of the XFL Seattle Sea Dragons. Are you going to devote your life to following Danuch name. on the road? Yeah. What's going on? Yeah. I am actually. Uh, <laughs> um, Brandon and I, his girlfriend, are basically besties, and we lead the charge on the Nooch's um, fan club. So I do yeah. need to get myself a jersey uh, outside of the fact that I need to get a Brett Maher jersey, but I do now need to get a Nooch jersey. So, yes, is the answer to that. Thrilled about him being back in the mix. I did see him a couple weeks ago uh, when, uh, remember when, when he tweeted out, he was like, he was like, I guess the people want more of the nooch. And he was like, I <laughs> John, were you there? I feel I don't even remember. But it's like I, he was like, I wasn't actually saying like football. I was if you saying, want more nooch, I'll give you more nooch. It was yeah. something like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I was. And so, he was what? like laughing. <laughs> he was like, I genuinely wasn't saying like if I was going back. Like I was more saying like me being back online more. And I was like, Well, everyone loved it otherwise. Like, good for you. So Either way, big fan of him. He said it like right after Dak got hurt. He was he like, did. Well, Nooch, I'll give you like he he was being called up to come lead him. I, I didn't see very many recognizable names on that uh, the XFL draft uh, list so far. AJ McCarron. AJ McCarron. And, and the Nooch were the only ones I really know. AJ McCarron's like a cockroach. Like that man never dies. Yeah. DeAndre Francois, John. I'm very aware of his work. Also, <laughs> by the way, Sea Dragons is the only thing worse than Sea Dragons is probably Pelicans. I mean, just an oh, awful name. Magic Dragon. Terrible. Whoa. Pelican. That's Pelicans is awful. That's the worst name there is in I sports. I think it's. I think it's decent. It's not. Does it? It doesn't affect Sea Dragon. Weren't they the Dragons last time? I don't know. When the XFL folded like a couple years ago during the Pandy, when Vince McMahon owned it, they were the Dragons. So maybe they don't own Seattle Dragons, and they had to. Maybe they maybe they forgot to re up the domain name. Or they wanted it Seattle Seahawks, Sea Dragons, Sea. Oh, I got it there. I mean, it's good. Oh, I got it. I think the Arlington teams like the Renegades again. I was like, why can't we ever be something friendly? Like we're always gonna be something a hard ass all the time. So what do you want to be, KT? No, we're not signing off this podcast, and you tell us what that team name should be. Yeah, what what should they be? I think it'd be funny to be something that we don't even have here, like the penguins or the kangaroos. You know? The kangaroos. Penguins. Yeah. <laughs> the Dallas kangaroos, everyone. Or the Dallas, uh, the, the Dallas, uh, I think they're beavers. Arlington. Hungry beavers? 
Yeah. I think armadillos. I'm pretty sure they're the Arlington Aardvarks, okay? Arlington Aardvarks! <laughs> oh, pretty oh good. Ant eaters. That's great. Don't mind me. I'm just like shaking uh, my dog's like chew toy over here. Sorry. That's <laughs> no, that's all right. Who's your dog picking to win this week? Um, yeah. Can you, go put two, can you go put two treats on the ground and, and, and see which one the <laughs> dog goes to? And then we yes. can go with who the pick is. Yeah, actually, I'll put that on my Instagram. So make sure and follow me for um, more great <laughs> content like that. Thanks, John, for the suggestion. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Just carve in, get a knife and carve a little C and a little V in, into each one and see which one goes. That's actually a really good idea. Wow, yeah. you're brilliant. I'm going to do that. Find me on YouTube. Yes, find her on YouTube. That's Kelsey Charles. <laughs> Thank you for hanging out with us again, Kelsey. It's great to see you again. Of course. Thanks, y'all, so much for having me. Always a good time. Would you like to promote your other podcast? Um, you know what? I would. That's great. Thanks so much for asking. Um, I'm on DallasCowboys.com. We do have an all-female podcast. It's a fun lineup. Uh, Girls Talk, Boys Talk is what that is called. It's every day except for Friday, 4 p.m. Central Time. You can find it on Dallas Cowboys channels and on the websites. Also on Spotify, all the other places. I'm also on SB Nation's Girls Talk and Boys, um, and that's with Megan Murray. So you can find us on Fridays on the Blog and the Boys Network. So and uh, if you want to find me on social media, I'm on Kelsey underscore Charles on Twitter and on Instagram. Hey, Kelsey Charles, you can see lots of my dog, um, not just – on this said podcast, but also on my account, my content channel. So quiet. Yes. It's okay. He can, he can, he can yell. He's really um, ready for me to be done. Keep tracking John and make sure that we're holding him accountable. He's the only one who picked the Cowboys <laughs> this week. So make sure I you know you're following him. He's got great content all week long as always, because that's what he do. And he is going to travel up North just for you, Cowboys fans. Hey, go to uh, Paisley Park while you're up there, John. Ooh. Yeah. For last time. Um, I'm pretty sure there's a roller coaster at the Mall of America that I needed to ride five or six times. Okay. No. Please document. No. It's been done. It's hey, all go, been done. Go to Paisley Park. I went there with uh, Christy Scales last time we were at the okay. Cowboys. And it was it was awesome. Yeah. I love that. Go okay. pay homage to me Prince, and Chris, Me and Christy Scales, big Prince prince people no we, we caught a cab together over there and uh and uh Kels, claudia it was great i'm pr- pretty sure paisley park is because of michael jackson no my god that's that is god, so disappointing no. i was expecting so much better reaction to that like i was i was staring right into your soul kent and i was waiting for you paisley to like lose park it is because of michael jackson <laughs> yeah I was hoping really? that you were going to be Neverland Ranch there, John. Yeah. <laughs> no, you know what's funny about that Paisley Park thing? I had a friend that uh, used to cover the Saints, and he's from Minneapolis. And he told me that one time, this is obviously when Prince was still alive, he uh, he went there, and there would be those times where Prince would just, out of nowhere, like three in the morning, have a concert. And he yeah. did that, and he was at one of those. I'm just like, oh, my man. God, that had to be, that's like, how can you how can you top that, you know? So how far away is that from Minneapolis, though? It was like a 20-minute Uber. Oh, it's it not wasn't bad. that far. It was like right outside downtown, uh, kind of on the outside of town. But it was awesome. It was worth yeah. going. I would definitely suggest and recommend going. All right, maybe I'll do that. There you go. All right. For Saad Yusuf covering those Dallas Stars as well, he's out in Florida. Thank you so much, Saad. Appreciate it, dude. Yeah. Always a good time. Turn that ceiling fan up. Put that thing on full blast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, crank that. Get your money's worth. Uh, and for our producer, Kent Garrison, doing all the stuff that he does. So much stuff. And I'm for KT, Kevin. make sure you're listening to KT in the mornings. 
yeah. on the free. We had Nooch, we had Nooch on our show three weeks ago, and then we had Uncle Rico on the next week. Full Whoa! So the yeah, same what's person. The yeah. Yeah, basically the same guy. Yeah, that's impressive. Um, all right. Well, we'll see you uh, Sunday night after the game. Uh, John will be live in Minnesota, and we'll uh, figure out what the hell the NFC looks like in four days. Who knows? Yee. See you later on. You know, when you watch the tape, you see a team that's a great football team.